1: Hello, dear friends, and welcome to another edition of Bucky. 5th podcast on today's show. We're just going to go through and answer some questions that we've gotten on uh, Bucky's We put out a post asking for your mailbag questions. Uh, football, basketball, anything uh, related to Wisconsin athletics or just getting through this quarantine together. Uh, we got a little mixed bag of, of serious questions, football stuff, some basketball stuff, uh, some other athletics, and then some fun questions. So, uh, with no sports, we're just uh, looking to fill time, so if you guys have, again, if you have questions or comments or things you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, feel free to uh, shoot us a, a message on, on, this fifth quarter on Twitter or on Facebook, and we'll try to uh, answer those questions, because we got plenty of
0: time to fill, and who knows how long this will be going on for. Matt, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, uh, you know, it's it's a morning episode, we're recording instead of... Uh, in the evening, like we normally do, so it, it's kind of a, a little different, um, but got a cup cup of tea going on right now and ready to talk a little Wisconsin. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but it's kind of nice to have that uh, cup of
1: coffee. It's just like a morning chat because that's, uh, that's all we can do is, is virtually talk right now. So it is what it is. But let's uh, get into these questions a little bit. Uh, the, the first group of questions uh, I asked my some of my friends, um, just what kind of questions they'd have for the podcast, because we, we got a good amount of questions from the post, but I wanted to get a few more. Um, and the first one they asked is, is pretty relevant to a lot of what people are doing now, and that's uh, working from home. Um, my, one of my buddies has, has never worked from home before, and he said he can't take it. He's struggling to uh, survive being stuck inside for days on end. But, uh he asks if there's any advice for working home for the first time. So Matt, I don't know how much you've worked from home or anything like that, but you got uh, any advice for the people out there that are,
0: you know, maybe doing this for the first time? Uh, I'm I'm big uh, wake up still early type guy. So um, I think too often if you're just kind of like, oh, I'm at home, I can sleep in. Uh, it kind of throws your day off, and it you feel like you're not going to be as productive. So. Um, wake up early and kind of set an agenda of what you want to get done each day and make sure that you get those done. And then uh, from there you can have your your free time to to do as you may or, you know, work on little side projects around around work. So I would definitely say wake up at your normal time and make sure that you have a to-do list and stick to getting that done um, is the big thing. And I I know for me I do like – I'll do, like, push-ups, like, in the middle of stuff. Like, I'll just be working on it, and then I'll get take a break and do that quick. Or if you've got an in-home gym, that would be uh, even better. But um, find some way to add some activity uh, into your day, even if you're at home. If you have stairs, walk your stairs or do something.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I've been working from home on and off uh, between being on the road for for my job and and being at home for the last – Three years now, and I would say the big, uh, big thing, like you said, is sticking to a schedule. Um, I always tell people to get up, take a shower, you know, put on fresh clothes. Don't just sit around in the same pajamas because then it feels like days turn into, you know, start to bleed together and turn into, you know, two days will turn into one. Uh, and then I think the other big thing is don't, don't work from your bed. I know it sounds like a good idea, maybe the first time you do it, uh, but. It all kind of spirals from there. Where if you're just popping your computer open in bed, uh, you really never get anything done. You just kind of uh, mold into, you know, just some big lazy being. At least, at least from my perspective, I've always uh, tried to keep myself from doing that. And then, uh, yeah, just trying to get active as much as you can. I know a lot of people's home gyms are closed. Uh, things like that, so uh, the last few days for me, uh, you know, taking taking the dogs for a walk for an hour has kind of been my, my saving grace for things like that, to just get outside and get some fresh air, but uh, just try to break up the day, because I know it can be uh, a little monotonous, and it, it's probably going to be like this for a while, but uh, you just got to try and make the most of it, and uh, keep, keep yourself sane, and, and take breaks, and, and do that type of stuff, and we'll, we'll all get through it. <laughs> Uh, but that was a good first question to kind of get us uh, get us going here. And uh, the, uh, the next question, uh, which is a, a kind of another sad one, a, a down one, I promise we'll get into positive ones. But today was supposed to be the first, you know, we're recording this on Thursday morning. Uh, today was supposed to be the first full day of, of four straight days of basketball. Uh, and, and now the idea of basketball sounds like a foreign concept to a lot of people. I mean, it seems like it's been a month ago since this all started. It's only been a week. But how sad are you that uh, that today is not going to be that first full day of March Madness, which I think everyone who, who casually watches the sport or is very invested
0: looks forward to? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely saddened about it. Uh, I don't know how you couldn't be if you're a huge sports fan. This is kind of, you know, like the holy grail of uh, sports watching. This week is usually so great. You know, you usually have the NCAA tournament in full bore. You've got, you know, just everything going on with the NBA, it's just usually great. Um, it's free agency for the NFL. Um, thank God that's been filling some time with, with news. But, um, yeah, it's definitely sad. But then you also see uh, yesterday it was dropped that the BPI did their simulation in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, they predicted Wisconsin to beat BYU in the title. So um, our article that's claiming Wisconsin as the national title has a little bit more merit now. Um, but, you know, I think that really makes it even more sad because you never know what this Wisconsin team could have done going in, winning eight straight. Uh, it, it's, who knows what they could have done, what they could have done in the tournament and, um, just how well they were playing and how they were, well they were gelled together. But it also gives a glimmer of hope for, for next year where hopefully by that time all, all this junk is taken care of and we can get back into, um, our normal routines.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It, it is kind of unfortunate that uh, you know the Badgers were not unfortunate that they were picked to, to win that. said that's cool, uh, but it's unfortunate to to see that. I, I tweeted out that it's so Wisconsin that, that they got picked to you know win a something like that that will never happen, and uh, it's kind of a nutshell of Wisconsin sports, but. It, it it sucks. Uh, at the end of the day, I know everyone has kind of started to come around that this is the right decision. And we need to do this, but it is unfortunate that today is you know that normal first day. The last few days, while it's been weird not having sports, you're kind of used to this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you got the first four normally, but Thursday is normally that first day where things really start and you really start to feel the the March Madness, and uh, you, you're just not going to have that today for this weekend, but. At the same time, it, it's uh, again, you know, the right decision. We we had to come together as a country to get this thing taken care of, and unfortunately, it will leave us with a lot of what ifs. But uh, ESPN's BPI did crown us the champs, and uh, we've we've made some T-shirts over on Bucky's Fifth Quarter dot com. Make sure to check this out. So I think even though we're not playing the tournament, we are the champions. I don't think there's much uh, you can you know, argue with it if ESPN said so. <laughs> um the last question for my friends uh that we had uh and uh, we don't want to promote too much too much drinking on the show but is there any uh, craft beer or beer selection or beverage that you are turning to now that you're stuck in quarantine with maybe your uh, family or roommates or friends or anything like that to uh,
0: get you through these uh maybe boring days Um, yeah, I mean, I, for, for me, I'm, I'm a beer guy, uh, I'll, I'll drink whiskey as well, but for the most part, uh, I'm a, I'm a beer guy through and through, um, I've been doing my best, kind of doing some different things, um, trying a bunch of different beers, uh, I've been drinking lately, uh, a good deal of Badger Club, um, but then I've also been drinking the... Uh, I don't know if anybody's tried the MKE MVP, it's a Hazy IPA. It's got the, like, Matt logo, um, and it's honoring um, Giannis for MVP. It's kind of a cool can. Uh, It's good beer if you're into Hazy IPAs, which I know are kind of uh, in the rage right now, so uh, definitely I would recommend trying that one. I've been drinking a good amount of that. Uh, It comes in four packs, but uh, snag a couple of those. Yeah, I mean you gotta
1: you gotta kind of mix it up. Unfortunately, with the gym being closed, I've been trying not to hit too many heavy beers. Uh, I know a lot. We've, we've had a lot of Michelob Ultra at the house, but that's you know basically water. But it's a good uh, good uh, you know balance between the heavy stuff and the light stuff. And uh, I've I've been on the uh, though it's from Wisconsin Brewing Company actually. Uh, it was a, a limited release that Yankee USA IPA. Uh, which they've had available. They might actually be out now knowing uh, what they've, I'm sure, uh, just like everything else in the grocery stores or the breweries or things like that, they've probably had a run on some of their popular beers as people stock up. But I've been doing that, and uh, other than that, just trying to uh, keep it it relaxed. I'm not a huge drinker in general, other than, again, the beers, um, but uh, just trying to... Uh, keep yourself sane and enjoy a couple. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So I, uh, I like the questions from my friends to uh, hopefully get us through these trying times. But uh, next, we got into the questions from the B5Q audience. And, again, guys, if you've got questions that you're looking to have answered over these next uh, two months, you know, weeks that we're going to be stuck maybe inside, feel free to shoot us over, and uh, we'll answer it as best as we can. Um, so this one now we'll get into a little bit more badger related stuff um, and the, the first question comes from Wissox fan 83 and I sent some satire in his question uh but uh, the, the question was when are they going to fire greg guard zero postseason wins in the last three seasons and uh, of course with the 2020 season being a little cut short I, I sense that uh it's a funny joke and of course there were a lot of fire guard fans but uh so i i don't think there's going to be any firing of that nature but uh, just how how strong ha- have you been behind Greg Gard and, and what do you make of uh, the unfortunate ending to this season and, and how do you think maybe he'll turn this for next season?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I've always said that I, I, I'm, I believe in Gard. He, he's, He's a good coach. He's very well-spoken uh, in terms of the media as well. Um, but that I, I had said that if things continue to downturn this season and then maybe they didn't do well next year when you have such a core nucleus returning and in an influx of young youngsters coming in, then you can talk about maybe his feet getting a little hotter. But I, I always thought everything was a little bit overblown. Um, but that being said, I, I think he is he – is, well-entrenched at, at Wisconsin, and he's not going anywhere uh, unless something crazy happens um, around college basketball or in the Big Ten or in his personal life. So I think uh, he's definitely going to be around for the long haul. Um, and I think it, it's, as Wisconsin's assistants get more um, accustomed to working with him, they'll only get better as well. You know, not having um, – Gary close, and having Howard Moore and some of his, his guys that he's been around with him and Bo for so long, they've they've got a lot of younger guys in that coaching staff who are just getting their, their teeth uh into the coaching ranks here and cutting them. And I think the more and more that he kind of works with those guys, the more this coaching staff will even improve just as the players will improve.
1: Yeah, I think uh the the end of this season was, was obviously an exciting one. Uh, I, I think that really set us up well for for next season. I think there's already a lot of growing excitement for next season, uh, just given the the incoming players that uh, we're going to have, as well as the, the the current roster. You know, you're going to have so many guys returning that were huge parts of this uh, group, and I think over this last you know, two months where they were on that win streak. Uh, coaching was a huge part of of what turned that whole thing around. Obviously, this, the the group of guys came together, but they also rallied behind their coach. So, I think, while disappointing as it was to for, for 2020 to end so abruptly, you know, looking to 2021, uh, I think it it really is going to be an exciting season. And if they continue to rally behind Greg Gard and and what he's done. Uh, and stick together as a squad. I think this group could be really exciting, and I think they're uh, at least for me, my expectations are pretty high for next season. Just uh, with with seeing what this team can do uh, when they're playing their best basketball, when you when you really only have to replace the minutes with with Reverend Pritzel. Uh So it's it's going to be exciting. But I, I agree with you. I think the great guards. Firing was, was probably a little overblown. I know people get frustrated, and there were some there were some frustrating times from this season. But at the end of the day, uh, he turned it around, proved it. Of course, the Big Ten Coach of the Year. So I think his feet are uh, firmly on the ground at Wisconsin. I don't expect him going anywhere because I know he wants to be similar to Paul Christ. I think this is kind of their their dream job. I don't think they want to go anywhere else or, or anything like that. So uh, I think as long as there's success you know, on the court and on the recruiting trail, that uh, Greg Gard is going to be firmly in Madison, Wisconsin. No okay. doubt. All right. And then the follow-up question for with Sox fan eighty-three. I, I know the the first question was a little satire, but then he did follow up with uh, he's expecting maybe a, a downturn from the football team this year, and uh, that he mentioned there are a lot of skill position question marks. Uh, so, what are, you know, he's wondering, what are our perspectives on those positions, being uh, the running back and wide receiver position? And I will say, if you guys are looking for a more in-depth answer, we did do our uh question overviews uh, of those positions earlier on in uh, you know, winter, spring. Uh, so if we, I can link to that in the post if you're looking for more of that. And then we also did some articles on Bucky's fifth quarter. Uh, but what are your perspective for the running
0: back and wide receiver position for the 2020 football season? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's kind of up in the air. And I think spring practice not having that, uh, it definitely hurts them just simply because there was, um, so much, um, influx in terms of who is going to be your starting running back, who is going to be, um, that, that younger wide receiver that would step up and, and take on a bigger role. Um, I think, I think Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor both have shown that they have the skill sets to do well in the Big Ten. I think, they were kind of overshadowed last year by just how talented Quintes defense was and what he could do. Um, I think Jake Ferguson is another guy that they're going to lean on more. You know, he's not a quote unquote skilled position, but he's a guy that uh, can really has some dynamic athletic ability um, and able to kind of run up the seam and, and also hit some of those deep outs that he's so good at. Um, and that Wisconsin uses so much. So I would expect um, an, an improvement from Ferguson and maybe looking to him more often. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a huge year and he might even leave early um, because I I think he's going to have that good of a year. I would expect him to be similar to what we saw from Fumagalli at the later stages of his career just because he has got a huge wingspan, huge jumping athletic ability. Um, So he's a guy who, without a broken thumb, can probably do a lot. Um, but I think between those three weapons, they'll be okay. If they can get a younger guy um, to to do some some help, if it's Jim Radike or, or Bracey or, or someone else to help out in the slot. I know there was talk about putting um, Pryor in the slot as well to work on him in that. I think there's still an opportunity that spring practice might happen just in the winter. You know, there's that recruiting dead period in July that they could easily slide and make it to be practice time. Um, if need be, um, just to kind of even the playing field for all teams. But I I think they'll be okay in the passing game. I think the running game is is a bigger question to me. I think they've got the horses to do it. Groschuk is still your third down back, and he's reliable. His game isn't going to change. He's not all of a sudden going to be a world beater, but he's also not going to be a slouch. Um, And then I think between um, the four guys of Nakia Watson, Isaac Arendo, Um, Julius Davis and Jalen Berger coming in, one of those guys is going to have to step up and I believe you're probably going to get two guys to probably carry the load. Um, it'd be nice if they could get two guys to get close to a thousand or uh, get a thousand yards or maybe one guy gets, you know, 1100, one guy gets 850 or something like that. Um, I I think that's kind of the realm that people should look at it from. We're not going to have a 2,000-yard rusher unless I think the only guy who could do that would probably be Jalen Berger if he lights the frickin' world on fire. But um, I'm I'm thinking they'll be okay at the running back position. But I I, I get the wide receiver um, questions just because defense was so important and because Jonathan Taylor was just superhuman most of the year yeah and then you couple that with with Tyler Biedisch being gone you
1: essentially lose your top three offensive players so it it's fair to question where this offense will be next season but at the same time you know yeah i think back to jonathan taylor's freshman year uh, there were there were talks of him being a a, a solid back and obviously he he kind of came on the scene uh early in uh fall practice and and but coming into that season, Bradrick Shaw was kind of the guy. And all of a sudden, uh, Jonathan Taylor took it by storm. So, uh, And I don't think that was super expected. So there are faces that uh, at the running back position where maybe we're not super familiar with or haven't seen a lot of. Uh, but I- I'm not super worried about that. I think uh, the Badgers do a great job of developing running backs. And recruiting those positions, so similar to the offensive line, I'm not too worried about the running back position simply because uh, they have a history of of doing pretty well and turning you know solid players out and replacing them with with other solid players. So you're not going to have another Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I don't know if anyone will ever be uh, quite as great as Jonathan Taylor was. I think as we look back on his career, he's he's going to go down as one of the best running backs of all time. So it's going to be hard to replicate that. But if you get uh, you know, a good chunk of what, uh, you know, he produced with a mixture of guys, I, I think they'll be okay. So I think he hit the nail on the head in the running back position. And then the skill positions, I know I know there's some questions about those. Uh, I, I get it. I know Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor probably didn't have the years that they wanted, uh, but I think that is more contributed to the Quintez being such a solid player. And then I, I think he nailed it with uh, with Jake Ferguson, uh, he, he was still the, the team's second leading receiver last year, despite early on in the season not uh, getting a lot of touches, not even uh, getting a lot of snaps, because they were so worried about his thumb, his health, and also uh, just his fatigue, because the tight end position didn't have a lot of depth. They should have a lot more depth this year, so I have uh, big expectations for Jake Ferguson, and you know, last year he had a... Made, not necessarily a down season, but I think a kind of a quiet season that got overshadowed by Quintez but this year I think he'll be the number one target coming in and I think uh, that should help uh, the skilled positions that maybe you're you're still waiting on uh, an emergence of a third receiver. If you've got a solid tight end, you've coupled that with uh, a solid performances from, from Davis and Pryor and, and maybe work in some of those other guys, I think they'll be okay. But, uh, it's fair to it's definitely fair to worry about that position, but I think they've got faces that uh they can make something happen with it's just more a matter of wait and see what happens in spring practice and then uh into fall
0: yeah and i think I think one other thing is if you look at wisconsin's schedule this year it is it's not the same as it was uh last year they they have they have a lot of a lot of games at home that you want at home and they're con- and they' um their crossover schedule is way easier. They have at Michigan, they have Maryland and, and, and Indiana. I would much rather have that than having to take on Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Um, so you you look at that. I think Wisconsin will be okay. Um, you know, obviously adding in the Notre Dame game is going to be exciting. It'll it'll be another tough game. But if they can split the Michigan and Notre Dame games, or you know they could totally win them both, then you're in. Then you're really talking. I think that game at Michigan is going to be tough. But if they were able to beat Notre Dame, you could be looking at a one-loss team heading into. Um, at Iowa, uh, in Iowa City, in the fine, in the season finale, so it, it's it's definitely. If it, it will depend on some of the development that we've seen and and what we've heard, we we know that guys like Taj Mustafa and AJ Abbott are, are waiting in the wings and have been waiting their turn, biding their time. Um, hopefully, they can put it together. You never know how it's going to look with the new wide receivers coach. All these guys are getting a whole new. Um, Whole new terminology, most likely, uh, to a certain extent. Whole new way of coaching, um, a whole way in impre- Whole new impression as to what uh, he's looking for from a wide receiver. And so, if Elvis Witted really um, sees something in some of these guys, or maybe they really buy in to a deeper level with him, you never know which one of these guys is going to shoot up and make. Um, tremendous gains, um, but I think the big thing is if if Danny Davis can get back to what we saw his freshman year where he stretched the field, um, uh, he's been more of a possession guy these past couple of years, um, but if he can really stretch the field and they're able to go downfield with him, he, he's a guy who can make some big splash plays and he's got the hands to do it. Most definitely. And we've seen it from him a little bit
1: early on in his career. Yeah, and I think he's he's got all the tools to get back to that. So I think looking at him as uh some of that replacement from Quintez Cephas in terms of the deep balls will be important and it'll be important for the offense to you know, to take some of those shots. This season they pushed the ball downfield a little bit more uh, because they had that weapon and I think if you develop that with with the Davis or and you can and you can push that field that opens up so much more in the offense. So I'm excited to see kind of his emergence. And unfortunately, with spring practice kind of being in limbo, we won't get a chance to see where they're at right now. Um, but uh, it'll be it'll be crucial to to see where they're at whenever they do get on the field because uh, that first. Contest is going to be a little weird with the schedule, but and also opening on a Friday against a Big Ten team, a Big Ten game early on. The first time the Badgers do that, so it's going to be a little funky. Uh, this entire spring fall, you know, going into next season is going to be funky. Everything's kind of up in the air and different right now, but uh, I think it'll be important to to see early on where they're at as you as you get into that schedule because that first one's tough, and then you have got Southern Illinois, which should be. Uh, an easier one and then you've got a tough one in Appalachian State so seeing where these guys get to whenever they got on the field is going to be important um, but let's get into maybe one of the harder questions and uh, I, I had a feeling it was coming You and it comes from Ben Reagan and he asked who should start at quarterback for Wisconsin next year not who will but who should so Matt I'll let you take this one first because it is a tough one and I'm sure it's on a lot of Badger fans mind but uh, what do you think uh, should be? Who do you think should be under center as we head into uh, 2020?
0: So I think this is going to come down to a couple different things. Uh, first, I think it, it definitely hurt Graham Mertz that spring practice was canceled. Uh, I think you know any any extra snaps he can have to show to um, further develop his game, um, while also giving a spotlight to show, hey, I can be the guy. Um, would have been important because spring practice, they're going to split reps pretty evenly. They'd allow him to kind of let loose and, and show what he can do. Um, when you get into fall camp, I, the first couple weeks, it'll usually be everybody's going to have their shot, but then eventually the last couple weeks you've got to start narrowing down and, and uh, figuring out who is going to be the guy who's going to be your starter and and getting everything ready for game time. So I think his window is a little tighter um, to, to potentially um, snag the job from Cone. Um, who will win it is probably going to be Jack Cone. Um, who should win it is dependent on who's showing that they're the best quarterback. Um in practices, when we saw last fall, I think I went to, there was like 13 open practices. I went to 12 of them. And the only one I didn't do was they were just in Skelly. Um, and Jack Cohn was was the superior quarterback all fall camp long. There was moments where Graham Mertz was, was like, whoa. Um, but at the same time, Jack Cohn was the consistent overarching winner, like without a doubt. Um, now, how that looks now would have looked this spring, who knows. Um, how that looks next fall, who knows. Um, I think it's telling that a guy like Quintez Cephas at the Combine said that they're going to battle it out. That, he's, that when he asked that, he said those two will bat it, battle it out. That's pretty telling that, hey, that there is, in fact, a battle going on most likely. Um, I think if you have an established running game, I think it's Jack Cohn. I, I think if... The Wisconsin running game is what it was last year. If you have the dominant offensive line, you can run the ball well. Uh, you know, Nikia Watson or Isaac Garendo or one of the other talented backs really step up and is you know your road grader can can run for over 1600 yards or 1500 yards and has a really good season. I think you're you're fine having a guy like Jack Cohn run your offense, get you into the right sets, make the plays. Maybe he can stretch the field a little bit more hit Jake Ferguson and your other Bevere receivers to make some plays. However, if if you find that your running game isn't what it is, isn't what you want it to be, that you can't do your standard uh, I formation or um, having, having a um, tight end and a fullback or two tight ends and make that work, I think it's Graham Mertz. Um, because I think the potential for throwing is much better with Graham Mertz. He's got a better arm. He's got more zip on his ball. He's he's In what I've seen, uh, he's got the live arm that can really make the throws that you need if you're going to be throwing the ball more often. Um, but if you're going to be able to run the ball, spotily throw to keep the defense honest, kind of what we saw last year, then Jack Cohn's going to be the guy. He, he's just reliable. They're not going to go wrong with that. But I think, um, Graham Mertz gives you a higher potential. If you need to air the ball out, he's the dude, um, to, to let loose. I actually expect them both to play next year. I would be very surprised if both quarterbacks are not on the field at, at, uh, different times. I would expect Graham Mertz to play in most games, uh, a couple series here or there just based off of what I've seen in practice and what I think he brings to the table and knowing what Paul Christ has done in the past. I think you'll see both of them. But in terms of who should start, I think it's going to depend on what the running game looks like um, and go from there. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, if you
1: if the running game isn't there, it changes the entire offense. I kind of expect... Simply when you don't have Jonathan Taylor, I expect them to throw the ball a little bit more this season. So, uh, like you said, that would that would lean the the edge more towards uh, Graham merch. But at the same time, uh, if, if if you're going to come into this season not maybe having the same reps that you had uh, this past season, and you have a, a you know a funky schedule opening with an important Big Ten game, and then uh, taking on some tough non-conference teams in Appalachian State and uh, Notre Dame. I think with that weird schedule, you're going to want uh, guys that are, you know, experienced, so that, that leans it more towards Jack Cohn. So uh, who should start next year is, is kind of a, a tough question. I, I would lean Jack Cohn right now. Uh, I, I think they're just in that position, uh, and I would say who will is probably still Jack Cohn right now. Um, but I would say with the, with the funky schedule uh, if you maybe drop one of those early games, say you lose to Appalachian State in a, you know, a similar BYU fashion, and then uh, you you go on the road at Michigan. Maybe you make that change when you go at Michigan, if you lose you know, one of those early games uh, against an Indiana or uh, App State. If you lose one of those games that you probably shouldn't win or shouldn't lose, then, uh, then you maybe look to make some changes. But uh, for right now, I think the answer is still Jack Cohn. I know there's some people that are, are firmly in the Mertz corner. I know there's some people that are firmly in the Cone corner. I know it's going to be a hotly debated topic, uh, especially when there's not a lot to talk about right now. That'll be the main uh, you know, issue and, and thing to talk about. But for right now, I think it still should be Jack Cone, but I think it's going to be dependent on a lot of other factors and, and how the season kind of shakes out. So, on paper, it's a uh, you know it's a simple question of who should, but I think there's a lot more that goes into it that we just kind of have to wait and see. And I, I hope that doesn't come off as us tiptoeing around it. It's just a matter of there's a lot of different perspectives that you got to take into account to to really have a firm answer on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think if, think what happens with the offense, how it looks, what we're seeing in the running game, will det- determine who, who's going to be out there. Um, in my eyes, who should go out there, um, and it's also dependent on if they're even. Like if if they're even in terms of ability level, I, I think you got you, you split reps, and eventually it might turn into where Mertz might be the guy by the end of the year. But if if there is a a gap between them, um, I think you go with Cone and and Mertz is just going to have to wait in the wings. But if Mertz is clearly the better quarterback uh, in practice is showing it, you go with Mertz. You know, it's if there's a – but if it's even, I think they both should play.
1: Most definitely, yeah. I got to agree with you. And I think that'll be the – obviously the main storyline to watch whenever they get out on the field is seeing – if there is a gap, if these two are even, if they are splitting reps, that's going to be something that you know all of us media guys are going to be paying attention to because that's going to be important. Uh, once this, once whenever spring, maybe summer practice gets underway, that's going to be something that all eyes are going to be on. So, all right, guys, we're going to keep answering your questions, but first we're going to kick it over to a couple quick ad reads. All right, continuing on in the mailbag discussion, uh, we've talked a little football. Uh, and our next question comes from Navy Badger, and uh, it was a simple question. Is this our year to win at all? Uh, and I'm not entirely sure which sport we're referring to, uh, but maybe that's the point of the open-end question. So is this year our year to win at all? Uh, I think in, in terms of football, if you're looking at that, I would personally say right now I don't think so. I think if you had to pick one or the other for this to be our year to win at all, it would be on the basketball court simply with what they've got returning. Uh, but what do you think about that
0: question, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 basketball team is, is closer to winning it all just because of the way that they are not only recruiting but the amount of returning talent that they have um, going into next year. Um, so I, I, if if it is, um, if you're asking that for is this the year to win a national championship, I think it's the best chance Wisconsin basketball has for the next, like, three or four years for sure. Um you know, in in terms of you know, and I kind of kind of blends in. Can we blend it with the next question because it yeah. kind of talks about it too? The next question was Nanook twelve oh seven, and it's asking which sport will win a national championship first: football, basketball, volleyball. I, I think it's volleyball personally. Yeah. I think they have the the best opportunity to win the title uh, next year. So if if Goes back to which is this the year to win it all? Yeah, this is the year for the volleyball team to win it all because they have so much coming back, um, and and likely the the player of the year, um, top player of the year candidate. So I think yes in that respect. Um, but then for football, it, there's just it's hard. It is very hard to win a national title. You need to be recruiting at a really really high level. While well, Wisconsin's been in, increasing their um, recruiting, they're closing the gap on teams like Penn State and Michigan, and um, in terms of recruiting, but they're they're still not catching anywhere up to where Ohio State is. And Ohio State is one of one of five teams really in the country who's recruiting at just an absurd level. If you look at even their recruiting class for 2021, right now they have nine players in the top 100 that are that are committed, and 14 kids. I think it's like. They have like 11 or 12 four stars. It's it's absurd right now. They have the best class in the nation, and they are on pace to potentially have the best recruiting class of all time. So it's it's one of those things where yes, Wisconsin is recruiting better, but they're still going up against Ohio State, and that's the team that you gotta most likely get through in order to get into the playoff, unless. Um, Wisconsin goes undefeated in their one loss is against Ohio State, for example, Um, or Ohio State gets beat and isn't in the Big Ten Championship. So um, do I think eventually Wisconsin will have a shot to win a national title in football, basketball? For sure. We've seen it in basketball get a little closer. I think eventually Wisconsin will make it into the playoff. Um, But do I think next year is the year? No. I I don't see it for the football team. I I think the – I think in a few years you might have a better shot if Wisconsin can parlay their last couple top 25 classes into like a top 15 class or two top 15 classes and Graham Mertz is a senior and he is who he's supposed to be, um, then maybe we can talk. But right now I think Wisconsin getting into the, the Final Four and seeing what can happen uh, is, a, is a possibility in the years to come, but not necessarily a national title because Clemson, Ohio State, and you know, Alabama are just at a different tier than everybody else right now. Yeah,
1: I totally agree with you. I mean, you look at Ohio State in terms of recruiting and from the high school perspective, but also they're landing, you know, the Justin Fields in the transfer portal. Uh, they, they're rumored to be landing maybe Trey Sermon from Oklahoma at the running back position uh, the, for this upcoming season, who was uh, who's been a stud at Oklahoma when he hasn't been injured. So. They're they're doing a lot. They're a powerhouse in the nation, so it's uh it's going to be hard to catch them. But yeah, I, I agree overall in, in in terms of the national championship perspective. If I had to say which one is going to be first, volleyball is going to be the obvious answer. Uh, they're they've gotten much closer. Uh, and I've been more consistent getting closer. And I think next year they they bring back a lot of talent. So they're, I think. I, I don't think it's close right now in terms of that. But and then, if you look at the football, basketball, uh, I would say basketball's uh, closer to winning one. We've, we've seen them get to that title game uh, more recently, obviously, uh, than football because they haven't gotten you know anywhere close to that. But at the same time, basketball—if you get—if you land you know two dominant players, or you get a, a probable matchup or, or favorable matchup—you uh, can make some things happen. It's—it's it's a lot. I don't want to say easier uh, than football, but basketball—it just kind of there's a lot of variables that can can change it, and maybe you get a a better matchup, and that allows you to win a couple games. The next thing you know, uh, you're you're in the final four, and anything can happen. So, I would say basketball is much closer. I do think football will someday, you know, make that jump and get there. I think they're on their way, Um, but I'm I'm not holding my breath for uh, the 2020 season. Uh, I, I know it's difficult, but uh, that's uh, that's just kind of how we are right now. So the next question comes from Chris Notchellios. and this is the uh, we haven't talked much volleyball or hockey on this episode on this podcast, and, and maybe we should do a little bit more. Um, but what is up with men's hockey? It's embarrassing, and I cleaned that up a little bit because there were some curse words <laughs> in the comments, and we we are a clean podcast according to iTunes. So. Uh, what is up with men's hockey? You know, I, th- these last few years, I haven't followed men's hockey as closely. You know, I back in the Eaves days, uh, you know, some of those, some of the names like Ben Street and Brian Elliott and, and Podge Turnbull, those guys were guys that I watched pretty closely. Uh, the last few years I haven't followed super closely because it has been uh, pretty tough and they're landing recruits. They're landing talented players and Wisconsin uh, women's hockey has been dominant for a long time. So I think, the men's team, if you look at it, you know on paper these last few seasons they've had talent. Uh, it's just not translating to wins, and that that usually comes down to coaching. I know if, there's been a lot of uh, fire guard grumblings in basketball, but I think if you're a you know a player or a fan in the hockey sphere, it's definitely more of a. Uh, fire granado. I think that's probably more likely. Um so it seems like it's it's more of just a you know disconnect between really high talent and, and coaching. So
0: Yeah, I mean so Wisconsin hockey just got some big news with Cole Caulfield saying he's coming back. Um, you know, he's the big ten scoring champ, definitely a talented player. Um and and they've got guys who are will be back. They've got a lot of really good young talent. They got more guys coming in. Uh really good recruiting class. So um you know they're recruiting at an extremely high level, but what what I see whenever I watch the games is just really undisciplined play. Um, we see we see too many times where this team makes makes unforced errors. You see um, too many times where they're, they're 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 penalized, and I know some of that is part is partly luck, but some of it is just the undisciplined nature of how they're playing. Um, you know, Wisconsin was primarily a dump and chase team. Um, Back in the day, you know, I think they've got the talent to, to to win games. you see it? But they need to hit on a better goalie, and they need to play way less um, undisciplined. The, the, I was at – I can't remember which game I was at um, most recently, but there was an absurd amount of penalties, and it was basically like them peeing down their leg for the game. They had the game beat, one, and then they just kept getting penalties. Uh, and give the other team a eventual win, and it was like four to three. So Wisconsin needs to do a better job of bringing in a really good goalie, because that's that's what's going to win you a title. They've got mm-hmm. they can have all the skill talent they want around a goalie. Um, you want to you can have as good a defenseman as you want, you can, but you need to have a guy who's going to be a freaking wall back there. And Wisconsin hasn't had that recently. So a better goalie um get lucky on a really big stud goalie and then you need to just be better in in the finer nuances of the game so that you're not getting the the um the high sticking penalties and and the and the crummy just little things that shouldn't be happening with interferences and stuff so they need to be better in that and just be more efficient and they'll be fine but I think the big thing is get a better goalie it's yeah it's, the most important um, position in uh, in in the sport, and it is for any sport like it, whether it's um, whether it's soccer or hockey, which are both um, posi- um, sports where you have a goal. Um, so I, I think that's what it comes down to, and that's key. Yeah, you know, goalie play and discipline it, it can make uh, you know a, a
1: bad team good and a, a good team great, and I think. Uh, on the hockey sphere, that's kind of what I've noticed as well. When you when you just kind of read comments of, you know, I'm no hockey expert by any means. Uh, I've I've watched a lot, and, and those back in the day, uh, it seemed to be those teams were a little bit better at that. And obviously, you've had some pretty good goalies come through Wisconsin over the last couple of decades. It's just a matter of getting back to that. And I, I think the thankfully for Wisconsin hockey, they they have the resources and the capabilities to. Build a program back up pretty quickly. Uh, Wisconsin uh, has been a powerhouse in hockey on the women's side and in the men's side at times. So it can it can change fast and is hopefully hopefully will uh, because these last few years have been have been pretty embarrassing for a program that is normally pretty great in hockey. I mean, I remember the Kohl Center using, used to be just completely filled on Friday and Saturday nights. It was it was a huge thing around the state these last few seasons. It's it's been disappointing, uh, and that's because of the product that's been on the ice. I know it seems like the the, the fanhood has kind of been disappointed, and how could you not with where they are? But uh, it it can change fast, and I think that's the hopeful part uh, for Wisconsin hockey fans is that hopefully this thing can get corrected as it should because. There's no reason why Wisconsin hockey shouldn't, uh, you know, be having more success on the men's side, uh, similar to what they've had on the women's side, who've been uh, great for for years now. So, all right, guys, our final question of the day relates to uh, once again the the quarantine that the U.S. is under, and I actually got this one uh, from Dustin Schrute of Saturday Tradition. Uh, he's he's a very talented writer uh, that covers some Big Ten football, and he asked. Uh, to his Twitter sphere, if you had to be quarantined with three Big Ten coaches, who would you choose and why? Uh, so, Matt, I'll let you take this one first. If you had to be quarantined with three coaches uh, from the conference,
0: who would you choose to spend your time with? Um, I would say definitely my least favorite would be P.J. Fleck. I'd probably end up punching him in the throat uh, eventually, so his windpipe would be gone. Um, but uh, I, w- I would say... First, I would probably go with Paul Christ. Uh, In addition to being a funny guy, he will always have uh, plenty of chew if we're uh, ever in need, you know, just wanting to throw in a liver. Um, And then I would also go with Pat Fitzgerald, Um, kind of a a kooky guy, very smart, but says some weird things. Um, I I think that would be fun just to kind of hear him and Chris riff back and forth. Um, And then... Lastly, um, is the toughest one. I think for me, it might be um, seeing a guy like um, Ryan Day talking with them, or or um, probably Lovey. I'll go with Lovey Smith um, just because he has a, a lot of experience, um, kind of branching across. A lot of years, um, both in the NFL and in the college game. So I'll go with Lovey, um, just because I could crap talk him about the Packers and the Bears um, for a great amount of time, and he'd have nothing basically to say. So um, I'll go with Lovey Smith, um, and and go with that. Yeah, I like I like those picks. I would
1: definitely go with Coach Chris. I think you have to you have to find the balance of. Wanting someone to talk to to keep you, to, you know, help survive your boredom, but also you don't want to, you know, have someone that talks too much or talks about wild and crazy things uh, because uh, that might drive you insane and you're stuck with that person for days on end. So I, I would agree with you. It's easier to, for me to eliminate who. I would want off. Uh, Fleck is definitely one. Harbaugh, I would not want to spend days on a time with because I don't, I wouldn't know what he's talking about. Uh, James Franklin would be probably number one on my no list. I've, uh, I would just, he would just talk about his uh, underachieving accomplishments, similar to what he did at Big Ten Media Days, and that uh, drives me nuts. So I would definitely go with Coach Chris. I think Pat Fitzgerald is a great one. Jeff Brohm might be an interesting one too. He's had a a lot of interesting, uh, you know, time as a, a coach and as an XFL player. I think it'd be fun to talk to him, and maybe he knows when to uh, when to talk and when to keep quiet. So I would go with those two, and then after that, again, yeah, I would agree. The third one's third one's tough. Uh, Kirk Ferentz might be one where you just pick because hopefully he'll again keep quiet and maybe keep to himself. Uh, Lovey's a great one. Uh, that that beard, just watching that beard continue to grow as he's stuck inside, uh, would be fun. <laughs> you've got, and then after that, it, it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, Mike Locksley would be one that maybe he kind of is quiet and keeps to himself. And then uh, you could always have uh, the Rutgers coach, whoever it would be in that time, uh, just to just to ask him, you know, what's going on with Rutgers football because that would be an interesting specimen to try and uh, tackle. So. I would go with, uh, you know, Chris, Ferentz, and then I'd say Jeff Brom. I think he would be an interesting one to talk to. So I will go with those three. Is there anyone, if you open this to, you know, across the nation, that you would be, that would change your answer to, uh, you know, for coaches across the country?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, trying to think if there'd be anybody that I want to hear. Um, I'd like to pick the mind of... Of Sabin. I think that would be fun, just to, to hear him talk about football and and kind of the process in which he goes through things and everything would be great. Um, like you said, it's way easier to pick who you wouldn't want yeah. uh, in, in there than, than who you would want. Um, you know, I, the anybody who's kind of got that used car salesman vibe, I just instantly just would lose my damn mind with. Um, but, um, trying to think of anybody else I'd like, um, let's see, maybe Dino Babers. I'd like to talk to him. He's a really good guy. Um, seems like he'd be really nice. Um, or Sean Lewis at Kent state, you know, former Badger alum played, um, with Wisconsin. I think he's a young and up and coming coach that I think it would be fun to, to talk with. Um, I think that would probably be um, who who I would go with is one of those two. And I know that they're both kind of disciples of one another. Sean Lewis was the offensive coordinator for Dino Babers um, back in the day. So I, I would go with those two as as kind of uh, guys that I would be interested in, in meeting and talking with.
1: Yeah, I think for me, if you were opening this up nationwide, my, my number one pick would be, and I know I, I, I just said that you want guys that maybe don't talk too much, but uh, I would have to go with probably Mike Leach at Mississippi State because I don't think I don't think he would be annoying. I, I think you wouldn't run out of things to talk about with Mike Leach if you've seen his Twitter. It is just like, what is going on in this guy's head? So just to be stuck in a place with Mike Leach talking about aliens and crop circles and Sasquatch and who knows what that guy uh, is thinking would be entertaining. Uh, maybe it would be a little much, but I think... Coach Leach is hilarious, so I would probably pick him. And then uh, I I don't know who else, Coach O. I'd probably have trouble understanding what he's saying (laughs) when he gets that uh, that Cajun accent going. And, uh, you know, that one might be a little bit of a barrier, Uh, so I'd go with him. And then I, I would maybe say Kyle Whittingham of Utah. He seems like a great coach. Uh, and a good guy personally that would uh, talk but also uh, respect the quarantine and uh, and not talk too much. So uh, definitely some interesting questions and answers uh, for you guys. And, uh, you know, with, <laughs> with no sports, these are the fun questions we've got to hit on. So uh, we'll continue to do more uh, as the weeks go on. But, Matt, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up another week?
0: No, I think next week we're going to try to have a a guest or two on to keep things going, um, give you guys some good content. So expect to continue to hear from us. Um, Once again, just hit us up with any uh, questions you have or any cool ideas that you'd love for us to to do on the podcast in our, uh, whether it be on Twitter or through the site, Um, we're, we're open for new things. We've got a couple ideas in the hopper of what we're going to be doing, but overall, we're always open to more ideas with with less news breaking around us uh, in terms of the sports landscape.
1: Most definitely, guys. Keep hitting us up with your ideas. Uh, any comments or questions, we are open for business to talk about. So thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, a little lighthearted. Uh, podcast. Hopefully, it uh, you know kills maybe an hour of your day that you're spent uh, you know bored or, or watching Netflix and, and fill some time as we're all stuck at home. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tune in again next week. We'll keep bringing you stuff as Matt said, and as always, on Wisconsin. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>